For those of you who have lost money, like millions overnight. For those of you who are or have been in personal debt. For those of you who have been at rock bottom, ready to give up. Get ready because it's gonna get a whole lot worse. And that's a great thing. This is Below Zero to Hero, a brain dump by The Fail Coach, helping entrepreneurs develop a healthy relationship with failure. Look, failure can't be feared. It's the number one killer of creativity, ideas, dreams, and even entrepreneurs themselves. And it's thought will never get in your way again. With the right mindset, failure can be step one into a new journey of being a better leader, having better balance, better relationships, and most importantly, success. So bring it on. This is Below Zero to Hero with The Fail Coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brain Dumb by The Fail Coach. And today we are doing an interview, and I have my friend Sean here with me. And, you know, without any further ado, Sean, the floor is yours. Welcome to the show. And please tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. Sure, Miad. Hey, thanks for having me. Really uh, appreciate that. Uh, well, I've, I've been in sales for 18 plus years, uh, mostly corporate America, and uh, had a lot of ups and downs, as I'm sure a lot of people have as well, you know, in their careers. But what I've learned through that was the value of entrepreneurship and being in business for yourself. And so when I became a, an entrepreneur, uh, I really focused on taking all of that knowledge that, and, and even the failures, even the, 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 the successes and all of those things to bring that to the entrepreneur. And so uh, several years ago, I've been full-time into my own coaching business and uh, been able to help a lot of people, sales agents, entrepreneurs, you name it, with just improving their sales from a value-based perspective so that they can see increases in their uh, conversions, increases in their uh, productivity, their processes, all of that great stuff. So uh, yeah, it's been uh, quite a learning experience, but absolutely love having an impact on others uh, with what I do. Perfect. Perfect. I love, I love your intro. Um, and you know, uh, sales. I mean, I'm going to love this episode uh, for sure. <laughs> and I, and hopefully the audience as well. I, I think, you know, when, when it comes to us entrepreneurs, I uh, I think one of the scariest thing when you are considering going into entrepreneurship is, oh shit, I'm gonna need to be that salesy person, mm. knock on doors, call people, cold calling, mm. all that you know, super salesy stuff that. Mm. Uh, um, or, you know, maybe you have a friend or two who's in network marketing and it's the mm. most annoying friend you ever have. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, oh, now I'm going to start my entrepreneurial journey. <laughs> I'll have to do sales. Right. Uh, but, you know, you already mentioned it in the intro that uh, right. the way you help people, the way you teach yeah. people is to come from the place of value. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit more about the non-salesy approach to mm. selling or even, you know, when you're selling without even selling? Yeah. So well, I think the first thing is to recognize, you know, the different types of sales uh, approaches that I've learned. And this is, this is coming from myself and my experience. And what I've seen is you've get some folks that are very, what I call transactional, right? They're very aggressive. Uh, it's all about the transaction it has nothing to do with, with, uh, the human element, if you will, it's, it's just all about that sale. You know, then you have the complete opposite, which is more what I call relational 
side of sales, where it's all about that connection, like you were saying, you know, the value and uh, you know, really showcasing that so that you build a solid relationship with somebody. And and so coming from that perspective, it's interesting you said salesy, you know, that was actually my motivation of what not to be. But that was because I had my own definition of being salesy, right? And I think for your audience, you know, especially is just to challenge them to say, okay, what is, when you hear the word salesy, what does that mean for you? All right, because I've noticed, uh, and I don't know about you, Mihal, but I've noticed just in people I've coached and people I've talked to, gosh, they have, they got all kinds of different definitions, <laughs> you know, and, and some things I get and others, it's like, gosh, where did you come up with that? But that's everyone's definition, right? It's their own. But for me, when I hear salesy, there's really three things that have popped up for me when I heard that and how I didn't want to be. The one thing was being pushy, right? Just, (laughs) just my own agenda. It's, it's, it's what I want. It's, it's, you better listen to me and you better buy this thing. It's just being pushy. I just cannot stand that. And then the second thing that typically for me, that comes with that definition is being dishonest. Right, it, th- th- there's some sort of hidden agenda, or there's there there's there's old, an ulterior motive, if you will, you know, they're, they're, the the true clear reason of of why they're calling or why they want to do business with you isn't other really clear, other than they're trying to do whatever they can to get you just buy this product, and they'll say whatever they have to say to do it, you know, and I never believed in that. Um, and, and then I would say the third thing is not being trustworthy. You know, when I hear salesy, it tells me that somebody is not taking the time to really build a layer of trust for me to trust them as a person. Because we forget that sales is a relationship. It's, it's you're forming a relationship to, to trust somebody. Because you, you know, the way I look at it, it's a long-term, it should be a long-term mindset. You know, it should be a long-term approach with sales. And, and so therefore, you know, building a layer of trust and that you actually trust that person goes a long ways. I mean, it's huge. So so yeah, that's uh, when I hear the word salesy, that's, that's usually those three things that come to mind right away. Well, I mean, yeah, like uh, uh, always be selling. That's one quote we <laughs> we we see often in certain videos yeah. on uh, on Facebook and and all over the social media. Yeah. And uh, yeah, always go for the clothes and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And yeah, like uh, from my experience, talking with a lot of people who are just entering the entrepreneurial world. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the scariest things because they don't want to become that car salesperson or that insurance salesperson right. or right. that network marketer. Um, so, okay. Um, you, you explained it really nicely. What, what do you understand uh, with mm-hmm. the sales being salesy? Now let's go over to the other side. Walk us mm-hmm. through, like tell us, how it is when we do it in a different way that's mm-hmm. more aligned with who we are, where we are not pushy, not salesy, mm-hmm. and we are not uh, manipulating with people, lying just to mm-hmm. get a sale, but we can still uh, build a successful and sustainable business at the end yes. of the day. Yes. And I'm glad, it's a great question. And, and when I hear that too, there, there's really, you know, uh, four distinct things that come to my mind because obviously I get that a lot too, you know, when people say, well, what's the approach should it be, you know, and then I can only give the approach that I've done and that worked for me and continues to work to this day. And, you know, the first thing is, is understanding your own distinct value, right? We so often think that, 
in sales, it's all about the product or the service that we offer. Well, I'm not saying that that's not the case. I'm just saying that that's maybe half of the, the, the equation. The other half, if not more, of the equation is you. It's what is your distinct value? What do you offer to somebody or something of, of, of you know, value that solves their challenge, solves a problem, something that, that, that brings peace, something that, that just you know, gives them the satisfaction knowing that it is taken care of? And, and from my perspective, it came from me as the person. What can I do to offer the value to show that I am the person that is going to solve this for you? Not so much just the product or service. That, that, that complements what I can do for you. That's an, an addition. That's, that, that's just over here to kind of aid it a little bit. So that's the first thing is, is understanding you know, your distinct own value. You know, and I loved it when, um, I think it was about a year, year and a half ago, I'll never forget, I did this group session for a, a, a company and they wanted me to talk to all their salespeople. And I actually had this gentleman stand up and and he had just gotten into real estate and he, he had retired as a paramedic, as an EMT paramedic, I believe. And he was very concerned. He says, well, I just got into this doing when I was retired. He said, I, I don't know how I can compete with all these other agents that have all this experience. And I, I, I and it was it was it was Zoom call, so I was able to see him. So I looked right at him and I said, "Let me ask you a couple of questions. When you were in that job, were you able to be good under pressure?" He says, "Oh yeah." And I said, "Well, let me ask you something else. Uh, were you able to to keep people calm in a situation? Were you able to just decipher exactly what to do, no matter all the chaos going around, and be able to to, to come across in a calming, professional way to people to help them?" Well, yeah. So you handle conflict pretty well. Oh yeah. Right. And I'd go through this list and I said, well, there's your value, right? You're going into this thinking that you have to have all this experience, all this stuff. And that, and I say that to give clarity to people because we think that our value is tied to what everyone else has done and all their experience and trying to compare themselves to someone else that has five, 10, 15 years experience in entrepreneurship. That's not the case. You, you, it doesn't matter if it comes from a previous life or what's gotten you to this point, you have value. And the, Sean. And the Y'all go, yeah, go I'm, ahead. I'm sorry for jumping in, but uh, no, you, you just reminded me of, um, I had this conversation with a few people. So mm. they were all, you know, aspiring to become business coaches of some sort. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, they, they, they joined my program. And, you know, they were like, I remember they were all saying like, wow, Mika, you have this amazing story of, you know, uh, losing 20 million, then, you know, making mm. that eight-figure, nine-figure business and so on. And, you know, I don't have those numbers because they were stuck in that, you know, like, oh, uh, just the numbers tell the story. Mm. And, you know, my reply to them was always, um, you know what, for my ideal client, I usually have to stay away from my story. Of course, you know, because my, my, uh, for my program, my ideal clients are people new to the entrepreneurship. If I start talking about losing 20 million overnight and then, you know, making those eight and nine figures, mm -hmm. they can't understand that. That's right. They, they, all they want is, you know, to make 10, 15, 20K a month. That's right. That's, That's right. it. To right. you know, provide for the family mm -hmm. and so on, and and so you know how how funny it is is that we always see what others have, that's um, right, and and those people see what they don't have, or or you know that's like so true, um, and it's uh, I think it's always the focus 
um, we choose whether we want to focus on using our adversities and mm-hmm. stuff like that to our advantage, or mm-hmm. will we use them to make excuses for ourselves? Yes, I mean, I'm sorry for jumping no, in, but it just so reminded me very of, of those conversations yes. where, mm-hmm. uh, and it was about this exact thing, like what value, because we were, you know, at unique value proposition. So what's your unique value proposition? Mm-hmm. And yeah, this topic, most of the time came, came up. And I was yeah. at the end, I was like, but if you want to have my story, I'm, it's it's super easy. I can tell you how to lose that money in a minute. Mm-hmm. No, but you're right, Mia. It, it's the true. What you're saying is is so true. Is it, it knowing your value is basically coming from the comparison game, and that's true. That's really where that comes from, you know. And and if we're, we, but 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 it's it sounds simple, but it's the truth because I've done that. I, I did that in my past. You know, I never understood my value because I, well, I was comparing myself to everyone else every day. So how how could I take the time to put that aside, look at the value? So no, that's very insightful. I would agree hundred percent. But knowing that value is huge, right? And then then from there, you know, once you understand your authentic and genuine value is okay. In 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 your approach, part of the approach is forming a, a, a lasting and impressive connection and building trust with prospects, right? And and that goes hand in hand. You know, where people think, oh, well, that's just small talk. As long as you have small talk, uh, you know, with somebody face to face or on the phone or have you. Now, this goes beyond that. It's finding something of a commonality, finding something that you connect with. Like, like for instance, for me, I'm very big on my family. My family means the world to me. That is number one in my life. Right. And, and, and so when I find somebody who values being married, you know, and find somebody who, who, who values being, being a father, you know, and, and I have, you know, I have a beautiful, our miracle son, you know, a two-year-old and, and yeah, I value that. Right. And so if I see that as somebody else, what do you think I'm going to start talking about? Right. I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things that because you're passionate about it, it's, it's finding of something that you love that you can find in somebody else to connect with, but then building, using that to build a layer of trust. And I say that because trust has just disappeared from a lot of, of, and I, I'm sure you can speak to this, but, you know, in business relationships in general, you know, in corporations and businesses, at least I've seen, you know, is, is we need to do a better job of building a layer of trust with a prospect, even on the first sales call, even on the first consultation, the first meeting you have, whatever you want to call it, it's building of an initial layer of trust. And that goes hand in hand with the connection and ultimately hand in hand with your value. And that's what people see. Because I love it when people, and it, you know, I'm sure we can talk about it, but I love it when people say, oh, I've got this objection. And I, oh, how do you overcome this objection? All an objection is, is, is they, they either don't see value in you yet, or they don't trust you. Right? So, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? So that, that's where I see is a big issue. And that's what I focused on in my past, still do, and I still help people do, is building that layer of trust with sales. Because it's such... Sales, when you say the word sales, it's a negative connotation. Like you said, being salesy. It's instantly when you hear that word, it's like, oh gosh, sales, right? So, so that's, that's huge there too. So once that is done, then it comes down to the next thing, which is asking the right questions instead of giving a sales pitch. See, I love it when people say, well, what do I have to say? What's the script? What's this? What, and it's not that I don't believe in scripts. Don't get me wrong. I, I think scripts are very helpful as long as it's your script and you. It comes from you. But 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 on a broader scale here is 
so many trainings that I've been a part of and so many companies I've been with, they want to give you the latest and greatest pitch, right? This is the pitch that's going to work for you and for everyone else. No, the pitch means to me that you have to do a lot of talking and instead change the mindset to say, the way I like to talk is I like to ask questions. I want the prospect to do all the talking and I do all the listening. I might have four or five really good, insightful questions. And I, I say, I always say to people that there's a difference between qualifying questions and call to action questions. There's a big difference. Qualifying questions say, I'm going to ask you a question that gives me a, a yes or no type answer. Whereas a, a call to action question, I'm going to ask a question and you're going to give me multiple answers and multiple pieces of information so that by the end of our conversation, I've got 80 to 90% of your story. And that's what it came down to for me was I had four, maybe five questions with all the sales calls I've done and meetings and just to get to know that person, get to know their drive, get to know their challenge, get to know the, the, what they prefer, you know, but what they're looking for in the right person, such as myself. So if you noticed, it wasn't just about product or service. It was about them, their challenges. What are, what are they looking for? What do they want? Right. It had nothing to do with me pitching a product or a service. And so asking the right questions instead of giving a pitch and, and, and have that be your form of conversing, right? And I've learned that the hard way. But when I, when I started doing it, it just took off because that's when it just was like, hey, I'm building trust. I'm showing my value through the questions I'm asking. Because sometimes when you, you, you give value, it's not always, not, and I'm sure you, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, but sometimes value doesn't always mean giving a product or service. It's, it's getting them to talk and getting them to bring out what's already in them, you know, and get them to feel like they trust you. I mean, that to me is value right there, you know, so. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, could you, could you maybe elaborate a little bit sure. on this topic? Because um, um, I, I hear it often, you know, people mm -hmm. talking about ask the right questions, questions on the answers mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. on. And mm -hmm. um, to be frank, I do the same. Yeah. And uh, I just want to hear your perspective. Sure. Um, what would be a f maybe an example or even a few examples of good quality questions? Mm -hmm. Great question. So, so the first thing, well, the way I look at a sales call with a prospect is there's two parts to it. One is I have to understand if the product or service is going to be a good fit for whatever challenge or whatever issue that they have. And then the second part is, is am I, meaning me, the person, the human element here, am I the one that is, is the right fit for them, right? So there's two parts to that. And that's how I divide my questions. So to give you one question on each, what I like to always ask, you know, once I form a connection, get to know them a little bit and, 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 and their, their story a little bit, as I say, okay, tell me, what, what has been challenging for you in this process? Or what have you been challenged with thus far? What brought you to me today? Right? Or what is it that you're looking for to solve today? You know, I just get right to it. I get to whatever that challenge is, depending on the industry, depending on, you know, the offering. But, but it's, it's formed around that is what, what has been very challenging for you today? Or what is the challenging that the challenge you've been facing in order to get to where you need to be? What 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 does that look like? Well, tell me, tell me the details of what you've been faced um, with. 
I'm laughing because, you know, like one of my first questions to my prospect is, uh, tell me about some of your recent struggles. (laughs) Great question. See, that's why we're... The great minds think alike. Yeah, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're separated at birth. I would say that. Right. But it's the truth. It's the truth is to get to the bottom of their struggle. Right. Because again, it gets away from the pitch. And then the, the, then the second part is that I like to, and I usually don't like doing it until I understand their challenge and get to the, the second half of the conversation is, okay, you know, tell me, what name, I usually get specific, it's just me, but I say, what are, the, what are three key factors that you're looking for in the right person such as myself? What are three key, and what I find interesting is every, and I mean every time, every time I've asked that, one of two things happens. One, they get blown away and they say, oh my gosh, I, I never had that question before. And they say, well, can I give you more than three? <laughs> so they give me way, way more than three and I'm taking all these list, long notes. And then the other reaction is, wow, I've never been asked that before. Geez, I, I don't know. Well, well, let me ask you then, and you kind of dumb it down a little bit. You know, who would you want to work with? What would that have to look like in order for you to work with somebody, just, just anybody to work with in this situation to guide your hand through this? You know, so now I'm getting to, am I that fit? Am I starting to, to, then you can dig a little deeper with other questions. Like, well, tell me more about this. What, what would that look like in terms of your expectations or, you know, your goals or, or how do you view the relationship? You, you know, all that, just, just things like that. I, but. I have to make a note of this one. Yeah. I have to know. It, it does make sense to ask them what, what are they looking for? Yeah. Because yeah. my other two questions are, so the first one is what are some of your current struggles? Mm-hmm. Then I ask them, you know, like what would, be that ideal dream life like imagine you just woke up and you know all your dreams came through paint me the picture that's right and then my third question is always um just tell me a little bit about your past failures that's kind of like a pre-qualifier for me Mm. um in a way where if they didn't deal with past failures because some people just go through life you know like zen like it's it's very hard to work with me for 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 me to work with those kind of people uh because uh, i i don't know how to really motivate them yeah and the second thing is to see whether they they somehow at least a little bit already own their own past failures Mm -hmm. or are they just blaming everybody else because Mm -hmm. if that's the case you know uh, if they don't do their part, they will mm-hmm. just blame me. Oh, totally. And you bring up a good point because that's another reason why I asked that question about somebody like myself, if I'm if I'm a good fit, because, and I'm sure you're probably the same way, man, is, is that I don't work with anybody unless I have, there's two requirements, unless I know they have drive, if they're driven to do the work to get it done. And then two, if they're teachable, right? If, if, if they're not driven and teachable, <clears throat> it's not going to work. And it's the same thing here that I'm looking for in some of these questions is, are they able to receive the teaching? Are they willing to do the work? You know, and, th- and I start diving deep with that because you're right. And, and I would challenge to you, and I've, I've had this only because this was my path was I, I had a fear, a fear of failure in my past. All right. I was, I was so fearful of failing because when I was growing up, I was never taught that there was a difference between quitting and winning. You were either a winner or a loser. There was nothing in between. And what I mean by that is, is you weren't allowed to fail. There was no such thing as failing or there was no such thing as making mistakes along the way to get where you need to be. I wasn't taught that, 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 
and realize that, that you had to make more mistakes and more failures just to get to those few successes. Right. So, so yeah, failure right. is not an option. Well, there you go. There you go. That was, that, that, that's it. Right. And so you probably get people that are blocked from that and say, failure, fear. I don't have fear. What are you talking about? Now, I've always been confident. Always been, no, I challenge that. We've all had some sort of fear or some sort of limiting belief. And it's, you're right. That's also part of that question is then I know if I start hearing a little something, a key words or key things, I start digging a little deeper. Well, tell me more about that. Why do you think that is? Right. And just the coach comes out. Right. And so, so yeah, you just bring up a whole, a whole nother side to it. That's very interesting because you're right. That's why I like to ask those questions. No, that's, that's, those, those are some very good examples. Um, now I want to go back one step back. Sure. Um, you were talking about importance of building relationships and, mm-hmm. and how, uh, that building of trust mm-hmm. takes some time to build it, mm-hmm. especially if you are faced with a cold uh, lead mm-hmm. um, yeah. that maybe just got to know you. They don't like you yet, so how can they trust you? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was just wondering if you can share maybe a few, you know, technique like or, or sure. your process sure. of you know relationship building. How do you approach it? How do you? Uh, and maybe you have some tricks up your sleeve, mm-hmm. you know, how to, let's say, speed up the whole mm-hmm. trust building. No, I, I love this. Yeah, I love when it comes to trust. So, yeah, so the first thing I like to do is is to have people define what trust means for them, right? I, 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 I always come from the perspective of it's not always about what I think or what I say. Is I want to help, help, them, help them define it for themselves, right? Because we're all in this world. We all see things differently in this world. And nothing's different by that, even in sales and even with things like this. So first define what trust looks like to you, right? For me, what trust is and how I define it is it provides clarity. Number one, clarity in terms of who I am, what I do, and being very clear with, with what I can deliver, right? So it, it, it almost in a way you could say that it's setting expectations, very clear expectations. And then the next thing is what trust means is, is that to me, what trust means is mainly is it's all about actions and not just words. And I think so often in sales, we, we all think that it's all in how we, what we say and how we come across. And that's, there's an element to that, no doubt, but that's not the only emphasis, right? We I see the way when I listen or when I watch people, when I'm in relationships with people, when I, when I work with people, I always watch their actions more so than what they tell me in their words. And that's just me because I've learned to fulfill that layer of trust for people through actions. So understand the definition for themselves. That, that's, that's the biggest, biggest thing. Because for me, that's what I had to understand what trust was. And then when I did define it, then yeah, here's a, a couple of things that I've done. And here's what I've helped uh, teach people to do is just a, a few things is, is one is be a great listener. Be more of a great listener than you are a talker, right? Listening, really genuinely listening to what they're saying and trying to read between the lines or getting clarity with them and asking another question. Or, and, then, and, and then I would challenge you to not just listen to what they're saying, but if you're meeting them face to face, watch their body language. And I say that because you probably know this, scientifically, we actually communicate as humans more so through our tone and our body language than we do words. So, so listen and be an observer that you could even add, just watching how people react to you and make sure you're creating that tone, 
right? That, that they can just, that you're relaxed. You, because, you know, before you can get people to trust you, they, you, you got to be relaxed. You got to put all these stresses aside. You've got to focus on them, right? You get clear focus. So being an excellent listener. The second thing I would recommend is being a server. We all talk about it. I know, you know, is, 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 you know, we all hear about being self, you know, driven versus client driven, right? And, and that, this is the same principle here is, are you doing things to be, you know, to, to have the self-satisfaction or are you doing this for the client satisfaction? And so, so, so making sure that you are going over and beyond to serve them. And what I mean by that is, is for instance, uh, let's just say they, they still don't understand your value. So do you just give up and just be like, well, they're just not meant to be to work with me. No, that means you give more value. You even take an extra step and you go deliver it to them, or you, you take the extra step to go above and beyond the research or the additional information they need. You go above and beyond to be a server so they can trust you. That's the second point. The third point I would recommend and, and how I've always carried myself is being accountable. Be good for your word. If you're going to say, and I've seen this, gosh, me, I, t- I can't tell you. I mean, if I, uh, you know, if I had a dollar every time I had this, there's no doubt I'd be a millionaire. Of all the salespeople I've worked with and have seen and been around, you know, how often do we see salespeople that, that say, oh, I'm going to go do this for you. I'll follow up with you and I'll do this for you. And they don't do it. They don't show up when they say they're going to show up. They don't, they didn't even bother to follow up when they said they're going to. They didn't even deliver the thing they were going to deliver. It's like, come on, you know, if you say you're going to do something, you put a timestamp on it, do it, do it. Walk your talk. There you go. And it sounds simple, but, but it's these things that I have seen and that I've been around and just by doing this, people appreciate, cause I can't tell you how many times, you know, prospects especially would say, I just had it recently. As a matter of fact, I had one, one guy I've been, uh, nurturing and working with. And just last week, you know, I said I was going to call on this day and this time to follow up on something he had asked for. And he actually admitted when I called him that time that day, he said, wow. He said, I, I didn't think you'd do it. I said, really? He says, oh yeah. Yeah. So it, that mindset is still around, right? So be accountable, good for your word. And then I would say the next thing is show appreciation. And what I mean by that is, is how often are you in a conversation and you're you're asking questions to force this prospect or force somebody to open themselves up. Sometimes in like, and I know your case, Meow, you're, you're probably getting down to their true fears and that hurts people, right? I mean, I admitted to you that hurt me years ago because I didn't want to talk about it, you know? And, and so for some people, it, you're, you're asking them to open up. Well, you know what? When I ask them certain questions that dig deep a little bit to them, I immediately stop and say, thanks for sharing that. You know, I, I know that was difficult and I just appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that with me. Thank you. And then I move on to the next question, right? It's showing appreciation. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I saw um, also uh, that's usually very, very important, especially when, you know, we are talking about fears and struggles and, and, and that mm-hmm. the darker side, not the dreams, but right. uh, the, the pain right. Right. Uh, is being felt that somebody under, really understands you that can relate to you i mean i see that often in in my conversations mm-hmm. because you know um i went like i probably did everything wrong that you can do wrong in in business I, literally it feels like that because every yeah, conversation yeah. that i have mm-hmm. i can find a story from my past that is at least equal if not even worse 
And sometimes I really wonder how I, you know, I'm still alive. Um, well, I mean, obviously with all those mistakes and failures made, but, um, you know, and I saw the same, like for me, like imagine a situation, let's say that I want to find a health coach and, you know, there are two options and there's this one guy who is, you know, fit and has always been fit and is probably amazing at what he does. Mm. But then you have another guy who used to be chubby, but is now fit. Um, Mm. And, you know, who will understand maybe, you know, how it feels when you are obese, when, you know, Mm. like things like tying your shoes can be a huge struggle and so on. Mm. Um, I will choose that guy. I don't know. Maybe it's it's just me, but I will always choose that guy. Somebody who walked uh the same part and was able to come on the uh, i mean i know that especially when it comes to coaches you know often you see online like oh the coach that was coaching michael jackson uh, not michael jackson michael jordan um you know he 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 was never i i don't know uh but he was never at the level that michael jordan was um uh even if he was a basketball player yeah. i have no idea yeah. uh but you know like uh kind of um, I can just have the theory and I can still be a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it works for some people. I'm not judging. I'm not saying it's a no-go to go for those people. I mean, if it's something that, you know, relates to you and, and you know, how you want to be coached and who you want to be coached by. But when I'm choosing people to work uh, with, um, I want the ones who... Um, also saw the dark side and, and who went through that and who conquered that and uh, rose on the other side better uh, and, 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 you know, um, accomplishing mm-hmm. uh, to deal with that inner demon. Yes. Oh, I know. I, I've been there and I could not agree more with you. And it's interesting you said that I, I love people that have a big challenge because that means that they're they've had something deep go on. They've had the, the but it's going to make that victory that much more worthwhile for them, you know. And you you kind of touch on that level of passion, you know, uh, you know of uh, what's it really going to take for you to build passion? Well, that to me is passion is when you're getting away from all that stuff of who used to be that demon inside of you, all that stuff that, like you said, that that has made you who you were. And, and you can see a light at the end of the tunnel, like, okay, that's there. I know I could be somebody like there, but I, I don't know though, you know, and it's your job, that coach to pull it out. But it's them, like you said, it's building that trust, you know, it's, it's getting them to trust you. And I found, I'm sure you had me on, you know, it, like you said earlier, this is a process, you know, this isn't, you know, building this trust. And I would agree with you, even as a fellow coach, you know, sometimes I don't get trust from somebody until after the 12 months for crying out loud, you know, after I've worked with them for 12 months and they finally say, I'll never forget this. And that's why I had somebody who was so challenging. She was, this person was already a top producer, right? Just top of their class doing really well, but there was something there. I, I knew this person could have been better. I knew it. And, and it took, it took her, it took her almost 12 months for me to just dig deep and say, Hey, I'm going in hot here. Are you okay if I go on hot? Because there's something here there I, I want to dig deep into and pull out. Yeah. And what was interesting is when we started doing it more, doing it more, it was like a light bulb went off. You know what? I finally, I says, I, I trust you. You figured me out. You figured me out. And all of a sudden her sales just even, just almost double than what they were. 
and I'm not saying that about me, but you just bring up a good point of just people in general. And that was me too. It's like, sometimes we don't know what we don't know, but when we don't know what we don't know, and we have somebody that we're working with that's starting to pull things out that might hurt. At the end of the day, when the hurt is over, they trust us, you know? So yeah, sometimes it takes a while. It takes a good while to build trust. Sean, um, I want to touch upon two things that you've said. Mm. Uh, so one thing I would just like to, you know, um, uh, say that, yes, I super agree with you is when you said, you know, we need to learn how to listen, to really listen. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time, you know, we as human beings, we just listen to mm-hmm. respond back mm-hmm. uh, and, and not to really understand or really listen what that other person is saying to us. So, yes, I do believe not just for salespeople, but al- yes. also for leaders, yes. for CEOs, for management. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, too, too many times they really just... Uh, listen to respond and, and learning that skill. Uh, so I just want to acknowledge that, mm-hmm. um, that I strongly agree. But then other thing, you were talking about how, you know, it's important to understand how they uh, see trust, how you see mm-hmm. trust and so on. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering, did you ever read the book called Five Languages of Love? No, I have not. My wife has, but I need to read that. I've heard great things about oh, it. You, you, yeah. then, then you have to, yes. because you know, it, it, there's no there's no point if just one right. partner reads it, because you both have to read it, and then you have to talk about That's it. That's right. But, but the thing is, you know, like, um, Five Languages of Love, of course, yes. is for a romantic relationship. Yes. But, if, you know, if you turn the filter on a little mm-hmm. bit and, and just take the content, Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you can take it to you know sales process as well. Yes. So yeah, when sure. you really do your best to understand the person on on the other side, mm-hmm. and you are also in touch with yourself, who you are, what you stand for, and what you believe in, and so on. Like know thyself, and then know them. Yeah. Uh, then it's so easy to bridge the gap yeah. when it makes sense. And when it doesn't, um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I know in sales, you're often, especially when you're working in sales, you're driven by, you know, or the bosses drive you by, mm-hmm. you know, the KPIs and this and that. But mm-hmm. sometimes it's okay to walk away from a sales. Yes. As well. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I'm glad you say, yeah, well, first off, I'm going to add that to my list. You're right. I need to read My wife's been on me too. So I need to read that book. Um, you really need. <laughs> I do. So, uh, but no, you're right, and 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 I agree. And you bring up a good point, which is um, at least to me what it, it tells me too is, you know, boundaries. We have to define and clearly understand these boundaries, these expectations. You know, uh, because you brought up something when you were saying this, it, it instantly made me think to this that when we enter into a relationship with somebody, it, it's almost like we're marrying them. You know, we're, we're, we go to the dating part, the engagement, and then all of a sudden we're married to them and they're counting on us to do our part, to help them and to be there for them. And, and that goes in sales, like you said, business, uh, whatever you do, that's any relationship, right? That's, that's, Sean, we see it. A relationship is a relationship, yes. whether yes. you are making relationship yes. with a friend, hundred percent agree, loved one, yep, with your family, with uh, your business partner, employee, client, Everybody. supplier, yep. 
especially yep. in business, I see this so often yep. that people don't take the time to do a little bit of dating. They just That's jump right, right into That's it. Right. You know, a one right. night stand and That's right. you are yep. on your face and, and you go for, you know, the, pop the question and, and then you're disappointed because, you know, that prospect mm-hmm. says no. And, and like you mentioned, it, it's not maybe that they don't need a pro. I mean, if they don't need it, then, you know, you obviously didn't do your homework right. But um, um, but if you are in front of the right prospect who, or right audience who needs your product, has the problem, needs the solution, is willing and, and able to pay for however much you are asking for the product or service, when they're really just saying, no, I don't trust you or no, I don't see the right value um, by doing this mm-hmm. business with you. A hundred percent. And I, I would agree, you know, and you just said it, a relationship's a relationship, but we forget that, right? We, we get so caught up in our own way. We get caught up in our routine. We get caught up in, you know, in all these. Numbers. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, by the way, are you on LinkedIn? Yes, I am. Okay. Just a few days ago, when I was um, invited by LinkedIn into a a group for creators on LinkedIn, um, and they shared one little trick with us. Um, So in the settings, you can switch whether the main button, uh, when people see your profile, is connect or follow. And they suggest that we move it to follow. Mm. And you would be amazed that I'm for a few days now waking to zero spam in my inbox and before oh. it was like you know uh, i am this and this doing this and this and and you know like those spammy messages yeah. and, and oh, all yeah. of that and, um yeah i mean people just go for numbers like yes. they think i don't know what i'll send ten thousand out and you yep. know maybe three people will mm-hmm. say yes but that's such yep. a, enormously low conversion rate but i mean we live in this fast-paced world we want it all we want it now that there's you know this mindset that um more is better Uh, and so often we forget i had an interview a few months ago with steve sims i don't know if you know Mm -hmm. him he wrote the book blue fishing Mm, okay Uh, and we were discussing this topic uh, quality versus quantity. Yes, yes, yes. So many times, especially online, yes. especially in virtual relationships, yes. uh, forget about yes. that. Um, Sean, we are slowly getting to the end of the podcast episode. And even though it's it's such a pleasure mm. to uh, chat with you, um, we somewhere need to draw the line and I would still love to ask you a few more questions. So my question number one is, so you dropped great value, really great value. And I, I'm really sure, I mean, I will definitely recommend to anybody who will be struggling with the idea, oh shit, now I'm starting my business and I have to be this car sales guy. Um, I will definitely send everybody this episode for them to listen because I love the examples that you gave they're super actionable super easy to use and they completely make sense and you can use them in so many different situations so i love it but um, you know so what now we saw the business side of sean mm-hmm. but now like you know people love to connect with people i mean you know that better than mm-hmm. quite a few others. 
Um, so tell us a little bit about Sean, anything you want. <laughs> well, you know, as I'd said before, I, uh, big family man, big, big family man. Family is uh, absolutely my everything to me in my life. Because I remember at a time when uh, I didn't have much family. So family, my own family is huge for me. You know, I'm, I'm also um, big on living life as at my best, right? Just dropping things and just going to go live life, uh, whatever that is, hit the beach, go travel somewhere, just, just go enjoy life. And I wasn't always like that. You know, I've, I've, I've allowed too much work and too much stuff to, to, to kind of cram as my focus. And, and so coming to living life at my best is an absolute priority. Um, but I, I also love personal development things. Like you, you, you have no idea. I have my notepad over here. I'm taking notes of these books. <laughs> so I, I love reading. I love, um, you know, following these things and, and learning and growing, you know, it's so, it's so powerful and I never want to stop that, but I have a fun side too. You know, I, I love playing drums. I love music. Oh, oh, that's something I would never guess. Really? You never guess? Well, probably because I haven't posted it yet. I told my wife, like, oh, I should take a picture of this or that. And, and I was like, wait a minute. I don't know. I don't know if people really relate to it. But yeah, I love music. Love all kinds of music. I love playing drums to it. And friends of mine have, uh, some have been uh, professionals before or whatever. And so I would just feed off of that. You know, I, I can't read worth a darn of music, but I can sure hear it and play it. You know, that's, that's, that's what I love to do. But, um, and then, yeah, then the, really the, the other thing I love to do is just water sports. I, I love hitting the water and being on the water and doing anything water sport wise. I, I just love being active, you know, without being outside, you know, but, uh, yeah, you know, just, love just it. love life. Love it. Um, uh, second question, who do you usually work with? Mm -hmm. So who's your, your, that ideal mm -hmm. client? So if they recognize themselves, um, and just a quick way how they can contact you because all your links and everything will be in the show okay. notes as well, you. you know? Let's just say it. Sure. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I focus on helping, uh, smaller entrepreneurs, uh, particularly entrepreneurs that are either getting started in their business or ones that have sort of hit a plateau. So they have uh, they've experimented a little bit with this or that, and they're but they're at this plateau that they just can't earn more than what they're earning in sales and taking their sales to the next level. So uh, love working with entrepreneurs, whether they're you know, network marketers, whether they're online coaches, whether they just have their own small business online, you know, uh, whatever it is. Those are the folks I love to work with. I came from uh, really more of a real estate. I, I've also, of course, helped a lot of real estate professionals, still do. Uh, but even before that, just helping a lot of consultants and a lot of people that have had their own you know, small business. So um, that and then what I like to do is, is I like to focus on you know, their mindset you know, of, with sales, right? As we've been talking a little bit about really digging deep on their mindset because you you can have all the greatest strategies in the world, but that doesn't mean anything unless you have the right mindset with this. So we dig deep into that. We dig deep into having a customized sales strategy for you. Uh, and then as well as the processes, having effective processes so that it makes you efficient and more productive. Um, and the way you yeah, to find me, um, yeah, you've got the LinkedIn profile, uh, you know, just Sean, S-E-A-N, and then Erwin, E-R-W-I-N. 
Uh, and you'll see I have Convert Coaching is the name of the company. And then uh, Facebook, same thing, just Sean Irwin. And then um, Instagram, I have a lot of uh, folks that that's check that out. And that's just simply Sean C. Irwin. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just, I'm very appreciative of this, Mia. I really am. Well, I do still have the last question. Oh, love it. Uh, for yeah, it. I do it. I think that I always ask a last. So um, you, it can be related to our conversation. Mm-hmm. It can be anything you want, but what's that last golden mm. nugget that you want to leave the audience. Yes, love that. So I'm a, this is one of my favorite sayings is this. Beliefs and emotions drive our thoughts, which drives our actions. And that equates to our reality. That sums up everything that I have been through to get to where I am today. And I know if it's not just me, it's everyone. Everyone can attain and be where they want to be if we just start focusing on their thoughts, start focusing on the things that are going to drive better actions so that they can see a better reality for themselves. But love that. Love that. Perfect. Well, this is like, you know, the perfect ending Mm. to an amazing conversation. Mm. And well, uh, now I would just like to say, Sean, uh, thank you for being uh, that you've been my mm. guest. Uh, thank you, Miha. Thank you, and I really appreciate you for sharing all that value. And you know, I really appreciate you for being you, for being the kind spirit, for mm. being so you, empathetic, for being for for teaching people how to do sales in in the right mm. way. I mean, I believe that this is the right way when uh, you're not salesy and pushy and so yeah. on. So, thank you. Um, thank you for being you. Thank you for being my thank guest. Thank you, sir. Um, I, uh, it's Friday now that we are recording this. Um, so happy Friday. Uh, enjoy the yes, weekend. Sir. And uh, all the best on your uh, entrepreneurial uh, and otherwise life. Thank you, Miha. And likewise. Thank Take you, care. sir. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.